Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Now, as you know, we've been covering um, this story around allegations of bullying in the health service and how they're dealt with since really the start, since January of this year. And I see the story is back in the news over the weekend, the Sunday Independent reporting figures that the HSE's National Investigation Unit has launched high-level probes into 83 cases of workplace bullying, sexual harassment and harassment in the health service in three years. There's 10 formal investigations into sexual harassment with three complaints being upheld so far. 15 formal investigations into bullying were also upheld. But from what we heard on this programme here in Lunchtime Live over the guts of about a two-month period is that that really represents the tip of the iceberg from the stories that you've sent in. And after our coverage, I received a letter which was sent in to me anonymously from somebody who says they work in the HSE's HR department. And I thought it was worth you hearing this. It's been voiced by our reporter, Mairead Cleary. Dear Andrea, I'm writing firstly to say thank you for highlighting the bullying issue in the HSE. I work in the HSE and HR and there is days I am so frustrated and embarrassed of how incidents are handled or rather not handled. I feel so bad for staff, especially junior staff in support, clerical, HSCP, nursing roles, because if they say anything, they will be treated differently. Management are like ostriches with their heads in the sand. They would rather look after management than the staff raising the issue. I know from myself in the past raising issues that when you do, you are held back, that you will be ignored or put back in your box and you won't be considered or given a chance when it comes to job promotions as you are seen as someone who will cause trouble and that's not fair. A concern I have is in the interview process in the HSE. The whole recruitment process is so long-winded. Firstly, you have the job application where you have to put a lot of effort into applying for a position. It is like a book, usually about 20 pages with different sections. If you are lucky enough to be shortlisted, you have then the wonderful experience of an interview. The interview is based on competency-based questions and you are scored on your answers. Chances are, before you even do the interview, they have the person picked because if they have someone in the job, they're going to look after them. Conscious bias makes me laugh as I put myself through interviews where I know I won't get the job, but I'm trying to improve my interview skills and I want to develop my career. I like working, improving departments and helping people. When you do the interview, you will see manager PAs or staff working in their office going for the interviews and they get the jobs. How is that fair that managers shouldn't even be interviewing that person? You get the results back from the interview and the scoring is shocking, even though you felt you answered well during the interview. The hours I have lost preparing for interviews, I actually don't know sometimes why I bother putting myself through it, as it's mentally not good for myself and I know this. I went for interviews that were run nationally and I got on panels. The problem is, the interviews that are run internally, or even if they are put on nationally, they will still pick the person they want. It's management within the areas are controlling it. Not sure if you will be able to discuss this, but it really is a problem the whole interview process. I know at this stage how to fill out the application forms, as that is something I am good at, but I've lost so much confidence in myself because of the way local management run the campaigns that I've lost belief in myself. I know I can lead a team. I am not afraid to speak up for my team, make changes and improve a department so that my colleagues feel they have someone who is interested in the department. I have proven in all my jobs that I can improve a department and deliver a better service by making small changes that saves time and money. 
At the moment in the HSE, there is so many managers who are grey jumping and they have no interest in the jobs, while there is people out there who would love the job but they don't even make the panel. How is that fair? From a very lost HSE middle management employee. And I got that letter and, and I thought it was worth um, bringing it to your, just sharing it with you because you know we've heard so many stories here on Lunchtime Live over the past two months from staff, current staff working in the front line in the health service, former employees who got in touch, people who joined us here in studio and when somebody I suppose from the human resource section gets in touch to concur and agree with the stories that we've heard on this programme. I, I, I thought it was really, really eye-opening and I, I thought it was worth sharing that with you today on the programme. Sinn Féin's health spokesperson, David Cullinan, is, is with us on the line as well because, David, the issues raised on Lunchtime Live were brought before the Oireachtas Health Committee on the 8th of February. It's now two months on. Why hasn't the HSE appeared before that health committee to answer those queries that were raised? Well, it's partly because we just haven't scheduled it in uh, and partly because we're still waiting for data to come from the HSE. So in in the first instance, uh, we had the HSE in a couple of weeks ago. It was the first meeting that we had with the new head of the HSE. Uh, We do want to schedule the meeting to deal with this issue because very serious concerns were raised by the Irish Nurses and Midwives Organisation, by SIB2, by other healthcare trade unions, uh, as we know, in relation to assault, harassment, bullying, uh, and the pressures that exist on those on the front line. So I think what we need to do in the first instance is to get as much information from the HSE as possible as to what is the full extent of the data that they have, uh, how they record instances or allegations of bullying and harassment, how they're processed, and that's information that we need to get as quickly as possible. But absolutely, we need to hear directly from the, the HR management in the HSE, senior H- HSE personnel in relation to how they c- collect data in the first place, how they process allocations which, which are made and then what those processes or how robust those processes are. Uh, and particularly when we hear of cases of sexual harassment or any type of harassment or bullying is difficult in any workforce, uh, but especially more so when we have, as we know, the pressures that those who, who work on the front line in healthcare have on a daily basis. So the first thing I think is to get that data as quick as we can from the HSE and Next week, we can hopefully schedule in uh, a hearing so that we can have senior HSE management in uh, as quick as possible. One of the, the elements, I suppose, from the article over the weekend, I know when looked at something, I mean, we've heard on, on this show in, in recent months that, you know, it, it's nearly difficult to actually gauge the scale of the level of, level of complaints, um, to, you know, to get a gauge of that, I suppose, given the number of unreported instances that, that have happened. But like, again, we're hearing because the complaints about bullying, about harassment are all dealt with locally. I mean, is that not a fundamental issue in all of this? Well, part of the problem that we have in the health services generally is getting access to information because the systems are not joined up. And we, we hear an awful lot about the need for integrated IT systems within healthcare right across the board. So sometimes it is very difficult to get that national data and it has to be collected and collated from local areas. And the systems sometimes are not equipped to deal with that as quickly as possible. So that may well be one of the factors. But for me, I think the more important part is the under-reporting and the levels of reporting because what I took from some of those who called into your own programme or contacted your programme and people I've dealt with on this issue in recent times as well, because of their perception of the lack of robustness of the internal processes, 
many people then don't have confidence and won't come forward. And as we know, it's difficult anyway in any circumstance, uh, in any workplace. We know that people sometimes have a fear of coming forward. So we have to, first of all, establish the full extent of that. And that can only happen if we hear directly from the HSE, establish how they collect their information, how they record data, how that is then centralised and used nationally to ascertain the seriousness and, and the levels of, of harassment and bullying which, which take place. And then more important of all, how they respond to all of those and how they support and assist those who are at the centre of, of those allegations. I, I just played out before we spoke to you here, David, on the show, um, an incredible email that we received from somebody who, who says they work in the HSE's HR department and they detail their frustration and embarrassment about how incidents are actually handled or as they say in this letter that was sent in anonymously um, not handled and and again it comes back to this point about like people um, be, being accused of effectively looking after management rather than the very staff on the front line who are raising the issues like is there anything at government level though that can be done here? Well I uh in all of these situations, we have to make sure that uh, the first uh, thing that the HSE does or any organisation should do when there's an allegation of bullying or harassment is to support the person who makes the allegation. Obviously, it has to be treated only as an allegation in the early stages and all of these issues have to be investigated. There has to be due process uh, for, for, for the person then who is at the other end of, a, of, of an allegation which is being made. And there has to be, obviously... Uh, proper justice for, mm. for, for, for due process involved and due processes. But I suppose there there is a trend coming from emails and phone calls and meetings that I've had with people who work in the HSE, including people who say they work in the HR in the HSE, that they're not uh, comforted by what they've heard so far from the HSE. They don't believe that the processes are as robust as they should be. Um, and I think to be fair to everybody involved, we need to hear directly from the HSE so we, we get under the bonnet of the type of questions that you're asking me that we need to put to senior management, establish the full extent of what's happening, how they uh, respond to allegations which are made, how they record them. Is there a culture where people are uh, are encouraged to come forward? Because that's important as well. And, and that needs to be part of, of management training and needs to be part of any processes in place where every allegation should at least be reported and then it's up to the authorities then and, and the, the internal processes to investigate all of those. Um, so we don't have all of the information, and that's part of the problem. Yeah. Uh, but what we do have are many people coming forward to your programme. Uh, we have other journalists now looking at this in terms of freedom of information requests, trying to get that. And I think we need more transparency. Dear Andrea, I'm writing firstly to say thank you for highlighting the bullying the issue in the HSE. I work in the HSE and HR and there is days I am so frustrated and embarrassed of how incidents are handled or rather not handled. I feel so bad for staff, especially junior staff in support, clerical, HSCP, nursing roles, because if they say anything, they will be treated differently. Management are like ostriches with their heads in the sand. They would rather look after management than the staff raising the issue. I know from myself in the past, raising issues that when you do, you are held back that you will be ignored or put back in your box and you won't be considered or given a chance when it comes to job promotions as you are seen as someone who will cause trouble and that's not fair. A concern I have is in the interview process in the HSE. 
The whole recruitment process is so long-winded. Firstly, you have the job application, where you have to put a lot of effort into applying for a position. It is like a book, usually about 20 pages, with different sections. If you are lucky enough to be shortlisted, you have then the wonderful experience of an interview. The interview is based on competency-based questions, and you are scored on your answers. Chances are, before you even do the interview, they have the person picked, because if they have someone in the job, they're going to look after them. Conscious bias makes me laugh as I put myself through interviews where I know I won't get the job, but I'm trying to improve my interview skills and I want to develop my career. I like working, improving departments and helping people. When you do the interview, you will see manager PAs or staff working in their office going for the interviews and they get the jobs. How is that fair that managers shouldn't even be interviewing that person? You get the results back from the interview and the scoring is shocking, even though you felt you answered well during the interview. The hours I have lost preparing for interviews, I actually don't know sometimes why I bother putting myself through it, as it's mentally not good for myself, and I know this. I went for interviews that were run nationally, and I got on panels. The problem is, the interviews that are run internally, or even if they are put on nationally, they will still pick the person they want. It's management within the areas are controlling it. Not sure if you will be able to discuss this, but it really is a problem the whole interview process. I know at this stage how to fill out the application forms, as that is something I am good at. But I've lost so much confidence in myself because of the way local management run the campaigns that I've lost belief in myself. I know I can lead a team. I am not afraid to speak up for my team, make changes and improve a department so that my colleagues feel they have someone who is interested in the department. I have proven in all my jobs that I can improve a department and deliver a better service by making small changes that saves time and money. At the moment in the HSC, there is so many managers who are grade jumping and they have no interest in the jobs, while there is people out there who would love the job but they don't even make the panel. How is that fair? From a very lost HSC middle management employee. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.